Bobby, what's wrong with the car? Uh-oh, I think it's broke. Look, that thing there is all swoped up. We, we got a pair of pliers and a screwdriver. We can find out. I think we should just start poking stuff. Oh, all right. All right. Don't do that, folks. Tune into the Grease Gurus. Don't go to the emergency room. Go to the Grease Gurus and learn why your car might have stopped on the side of the road and what not to touch. On Saturday mornings <laughs> from 10 a.m. on the Tan Talk Radio Network. Ouch, that hurt. You may be owed some money. After 911 and 411, call 541. That's 727-541-1741. Call Gulfstream Motorsports for a diminished value report. Due to my 28 years experience in the auto salvage business, I'm very good with wrecks. So if your car has been involved in a wreck, call me for a diminished value report. Call 727-541-1741. You may be owed some money for the lost value of your repaired vehicle. And visit us at GulfstreamMotorsports.com. Benjamin Gates has spent a lifetime hunting treasures that have been lost to history. Take a look at this. But when a secret from the past is uncovered... Ladies and gentlemen, I present to you one of the missing pages from the diary of John Wilkes Booth. History will be rewritten. Your great-great-granddaddy planned the assassination. It can't be. Now... I need to see the page. You have 30 seconds to disable the alarm. Go. You do that in 15 seconds. That's why I tell people to get a dog. His search to clear his family's name... Take a look at this. ...has uncovered a secret he never expected to find. There is a book, and it has the information you need. The President's Book of Secrets. A collection of documents for President's eyes only. The truth behind the JFK conspiracy. The missing minutes from the Watergate tapes. And, of course, Area 51. The only way you'll ever see that book is if you get elected president. I'm going to kidnap the president of the United States. Wouldn't it just been easier for us to make an appointment? Code one! Code one! Gates, don't kid yourself what we're capable of. Every clue leads one step closer. Your letter sent by the queen. You're in danger. You've got to find wherever that leads before they do. To unlocking the mystery. The world isn't ready to believe. Ben, wait. That could be a horrible trap. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't resist. <sighs> National Treasure Book of Secrets. Hello out there. Peabody and Sherman here. Set the way back machine. We enter the way back and we're immediately hurtled back through time and space. Hey, this is Danny the Count Coker from Counting Cars out here in Las Vegas, and I love listening to nostalgic radio and cars, and you better listen to them, too. Welcome, you're tuned in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and I'm your show host, Robert. Run your computers and Google TanTalk1340.com, and you can see us live here in the studios. Don't forget to check out our website, GolfStreamMotorsports.com, where you can find out all about us. And if you miss any of our past shows, don't forget to check out our archive page, because all of our shows are podcasted at Nostalgic Radio and Cars. So, uh, good evening, everybody, and uh, hey, you know, happy Thanksgiving, because we got Thanksgiving come up, coming up. We just came off uh, Halloween here about uh, three four weeks ago. And uh, 
we got a great show for you tonight. we got a really cool couple coming on our show this evening. And uh, they are also uh, very well known in the uh, collector world as well as on uh, television. So I'm sure you'll uh, recognize them when I bring them on the show here in a little bit. But in the meantime, I'm going to give you a little highlights of what we just did this past weekend because I always kind of like to uh, refresh my uh, listening audience and kind of let them know what I did which is probably the same old stuff. I go to the usual boring car shows. I know, you guys think they're boring, but they're not. All you car guys know. But anyway, so what did we do this weekend? Well, we uh, went to the Mason Dixon Christmas show over in uh, Wesley Chapel. It was at the uh, Wiregrass um, Shops at Wiregrass, I believe they call that. It's kind of a really nice-looking shopping center over there. And I'm just totally amazed at how that whole area has just developed. It's just incredible. It's actually a pretty nice mall. What they really need is kind of like – it's kind of like old towny, kind of has an old town flavor to it. And uh, so the streets were lined with the cars, which was actually kind of cool. So you couldn't miss them. Plenty of parking for everybody, plenty of things to do there. Uh, it was a great show. Mason was there, said hi to him for a few minutes, and they had some pretty cool cars. This is the first time they've done it at this particular location, and I think Mason, as he indicated, is uh, was pretty happy with it, pretty pleased with the turnout. Nice selection of cars. Everybody seemed to have a good time. It's an all-day event. Plenty of things to do, which was kind of nice, you know, because if you didn't want to sit around your car all day long, like guys do, okay, so if you had your wife and kids with you, you know, your family rather, uh, there's plenty of things to do there at the mall. So it's actually kind of an ideal setting for it. And uh, so Mason said that uh, with a little luck, they'll be doing it there next year. So look forward to uh, Mason Dixon's Christmas show. And don't forget to check out his Christmas Wish Fund. Okay. And, of course, this weekend is uh, Thanksgiving. So, again, happy happy anniversary. Uh, Happy Thanksgiving to everybody. And uh, let's see. This weekend, well, we have the Historic Sports Car Racing Group. They will be at Sebring this weekend for the 12-hour classic, and that's pretty cool because what they're going to do there is they're going to have, and this, is, I think, is the second or third or fourth year even, I think, that they've had it there. And they do that. They do a Daytona Classic, too. And what it does is they invite everybody from uh, Europe, all over the world. They show up here, and they make a uh, they recreate the 12-hour race. So, in other words, not only do you have the uh, the racing going on and they have all the vintage cars, and there's amazing cars. There's, you know, the usual Porsches, Shelbys, Boston. Cobras, Ferraris, uh, let's see, what else? There'll be some Camaros out there. There'll be a lot of vintage small bore cars, you know, MGs, Triumphs, Austin Healys. And then you're going to have uh, some unusual cars there. Like a couple of times they've had Aston Martins there. They've had uh, Bentleys that have been on the track, a lot of Fiats. Uh, you know, there were some racing Fiats. There's uh, also been some, a number of Alfa Romeos. Once in a while, somebody might race a Lamborghini. So you just never know what's going to be there. And since HSR kind of caters to the historic crowd they have contemporary historics there so if you are like me and you've been going to the races since the 70s you'll appreciate a lot of the 70s 80s cars and the 90s cars but if you've been also going here in the 2000s 2000 you know uh, what they call the 2k era um so the early 2000 cars and late 2000 cars when the when the race cars become obsolete they they were they created the class so you'll see some gtp cars there you'll see some prototypes there you'll uh uh, Jaguars, there'll be a number of Jaguars there because they're pretty popular. And uh, but these cars are all race prepared, all safe cars, all kind of like uh, with modern technological updates. Them so these guys can go out and have a lot of fun. And again, these guys don't just go out and do exhibition runs; they're full blown out there racing. So in some cases, they actually hire professional racers to go drive these cars. And uh, that happens quite frequently on the West Coast. On the West Coast, if you're at Laguna Seca. Um, at uh, Sears Point, which is Sonoma Raceway, you're going to have some pretty serious guys out there. And uh, uh, there's only a few, a handful of tracks out on the West Coast that uh, that that 
that basically cater to the vintage uh, car crowd, and, and those are the two. They do some testing and some fun stuff and some SCCA events at Willow Springs. In fact, that's where Carol Shelby used to have his uh, school. Um, his, his driving school was out there. So if you were, uh, bought, a Carol, uh, bought a Shelby back in the 60s and uh, you signed up for his driving school, you would have uh, partake, uh, partaken in uh, his driving school. You would have driven one of the GT350s. Eh, if you were a high roller, maybe even a Cobra. You know, And your, your instructor could have been Bob Bondrant who later created his own school, which he had in Sonoma Raceway for a number of years, and then he moved it to uh, Firehawk Raceway in uh, Phoenix, just outside of Phoenix. Uh, could have been Pete Brock himself. Uh, if you were lucky and it was early on, you would have had Ken Miles. I mean, there was a number of the professional race car drivers that were actually hanging out of the track, and if you were lucky and fortunate and had to be in the right place at the right, point, right time, you would have had uh, one of the legends drive you around the track. Even Dan Gurney was there from time to time. So what else is going on this weekend? Oh, yeah, the big turkey rod run. Turkey rod run is this weekend, so that's, uh, I forget, a long time now. It's 30-some-odd years that they've been doing that that I know of. So 80s, 90s, yeah, so maybe close to 40 years. I lost count. I've been going for so long. And uh, and this past weekend they had Moultrie, George. Unfortunately, I couldn't go there. There was some other stuff going on. The uh, upcoming events, well, we, in uh, January, Meekums will be at Kissimmee. On January 3rd through, I think, the 11th or 12th, last I heard, 3,500 cars. Vaughn, are you paying attention? 3,500 classic cars. So Meekum is going to do their big auction in Kissimmee at Osceola Heritage Park. Um, They've been there, I don't know, probably 10, 15 years now that I know of, maybe. And uh, it's grown Started out with, you know, 500 cars, 600 cars, 1,000 cars, 1,500 cars, 2,000 cars, 3,500 cars, 3,000 cars, and now 3,500 cars. That's a lot of cars. Commencing the third week in January is Scottsdale Collector Car Week. And Barrett-Jackson is the collector car auction. Now, I've been going to Barrett-Jackson on and off probably since the late 80s. And I've got to tell you, they are by far... The show of shows. That's not to say that the other auctions don't have really cool cars and stuff like that. But if you want an extravaganza to the max um, where you're just totally immersed in the whole auction scene, you know, with a really spectacular venue or a really spectacular show and setting, ambiance, celebrities, quality of cars, selection of cars – just Barrett Jackson's it. You've got to go there one time. I mean, the shows that they have around the state, they have them in Las Vegas, they have them up in New England, and they have them in South Florida. And uh, but you've got to go to Barrett Jackson Scottsdale. There's usually twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen hundred cars. Sometimes sixteen hundred cars. There, there are majority of the cars are in the main tent, and then they've got seven or eight tents on the outside where they have the other cars. And uh, just it's just uh, it's it's just an experience. That's probably the best way to sum it up. It's an experience, and it's incredible. The selection of cars, like I said, uh, just anything you want. The neat thing about an auction, and this is what I tell everybody: unless you have high, high, high end cars, and you get prime time numbers, and you're Friday, Saturday night. You know, particularly an auction like that, or or let's just say uh, Meekums is another one because they're they're broadcast on TV as well. Those cars will bring all the money. That's the premium money. But if you're going to buy a car, 
if you're there early on and obviously on the last day, and sometimes there's some reruns, and then there's uh, what they call uh, as the bid goes on, you know, the, the outside sales, um, there are some pretty good deals there. The most important thing I cannot overemphasize enough is check the cars out. You really got to put a set of eyeballs on cars. It's very, very difficult to buy something sight unseen. Uh, or just uh, you know, just from pictures, you really need to physically look at these cars because there's so many of them. It gets overwhelming. There's a, tons of Camaros, tons of Mustangs, tons of Chevelles, tons of Torinos, tons of Corvettes. All these cars, and they all look alike. And under the lights, they all look great. But you really have to physically look at the cars, and uh, and inspect them. I was watching Meekum the other night, and I'm not sure where it was. I think it was Vegas, and. Uh, Gosh, there were some super deals on there. I mean, some cars that you know the guys had 50, 60, 70 grand in them. They were pulling 25, 30, $35,000. Is that any indication of what the market is? No, not really. I mean, it's just, you know, it's, 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 the market's leveled off a little bit, okay? And uh, so it's stable. It's stable. The interest is still there. The enthusiasm is still there. There are some great cars out there. There are some great deals out there. And if you've, uh, you know, been sitting around on the sidelines and you're waiting for an opportunity to buy a car, just buy a car. But, Again, if you're going to go to an auction, you need to get there early, physically inspect the cars, check them out, and, and uh, you know, get yourself a cool ride. And then you can uh, hang out with the rest of us at some of the local car shows or some of the national events and stuff like that. But if you want to find out where all the car shows are, be sure and check out floridacarshows.com. And uh, that will tell you pretty much what's going on around the state. So whether you're in uh, West Central Florida which is our area, which goes all the way up to, I guess, Crystal River, or your Central Florida, which is the Orlando, Titusville area, Southern Florida, Northern Florida. There's a lot of stuff going on. There's a lot of events. So floridacarshows.com is definitely where you want to go check them out. And then uh, I got a friend of mine, and they're doing a car show tonight, and he asked me about doing a remote there, and we, we talked about it at one point in time. Um, I will... Uh, uh, what am I gonna say? My mind just went blank. You know, that's that's a funny thing. You're sitting there staring at me. See, here's what this is what's so cool. I'm sitting here in the studio and I look through two windows and I can actually one, right? And I can see Vaughn in the production room, and I'm over here. I'm sitting in the studio, and uh, so, but it's funny because when we do these remotes, um, in the past, if Bobby's been here, he's actually set up the equipment because I'm not real familiar with it. And uh, so generally when I do my remotes, I just do it via the phone. But now if we do this event, this is going to be kind of like a car show thing going on down in uh, St. Pete. Uh, we might just take some equipment with us, and I'm going to have to learn how to do this. And then Vaughn's going to be here on his own, and he won't stare at me through a, a window anymore. He'll be talking to me through the phone. And then uh, uh, we'll just basically talk to some of the guys, local guys, car shows, see what's going on in the local car show scene. So that's kind of cool too. Um, also one of my sponsors, the rib shack barbecue, um, what we're going to start doing soon here is on Monday nights between six and eight, because that's, they're open until eight o'clock on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, they're open until 10 o'clock. Thursday, they might be open until nine. I'm not sure. But anyway, so between six and eight on Mondays, we're going to do ribs and rides, ribs and rides. And on that note, I think we're going to fire up the stereo. And uh, we're going to play some nostalgic music. When I say nostalgic, this actually goes back to the 80s, late 70s, early 80s. And uh, this is a song by Joe Jackson. And what's the name of it? Sunday something or other. Sunday paper, isn't it? 
Under paper. Yeah, that's kind of a cool song. So, you know, read between the lines, guys. Hey, you're tuning into Nostalgic Reading Cards. Don't touch that dial. We will be right back. Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We all love to eat. Well, I would like to tell you about my friends at the Rib Shack Barbecue on West Bay Drive in downtown Largo. Their menu offers family-sized takeout dinners like delicious ribs, chicken, beef, and pork, or sit-down barbecue dinners, sandwiches, and even desserts. They will also cater your party. Everything is barbecued fresh using real oak for that great smoky flavor. So visit my friend, Corey, at the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, West Bay Drive, or call them for a takeout order at 727-501-9090. That's 727-501-9090. They truly have the best smoking barbecue in town. Oh, and be sure and check out their great barbecue sauce. That's the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 727-501-9090. I'm telling Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars sent you. Looking for car shows? Then look no further than flacarshows.com. On your computer or on your mobile device, flacarshows.com is a comprehensive list of automotive events plus videos and news articles. Whether you're looking for car shows, cruise-ins, meetups, automotive festivals, cars and coffees, or anything else relating to an internal combustion engine, then this is a site for you. Check it out online or on your phone at flacarshows.com. Okay, we're back, and you're tuned in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and I'm your show host, Robert. Don't forget to uh, Google Tantalk Radio, what was it, Tantalk Radio Network, and you can see us live on the computer, live on the computer. You know what? It's what's really, really bad is when you're, as you slowly, slowly age, your memory seems to deteriorate. Um, hey, I'm going to give a couple shout-outs. Um, to uh, a couple of guys, Lou Angel Wolf. He does a show here on uh, what is that Wednesday nights? It's called, in my humble opinion, 
And I, I like that show. One of these days I'm going to have Lou and my good friend Tim from the Grease Guru, which they're actually all in. Actually, what we should really do, I think maybe before, maybe maybe towards the Christmas, we do a, a, a show here. So I'll have Bobby, uh, Lou, and Tim. And I can imagine all three of us and the four of us in the studio at the same time. That ought to be a kick. A hoot, as they say. So if you guys are listening, uh, big shout out to Tim. And Grease Gurus, that's on Saturdays at 10 o'clock, I think, 10 o'clock, something like that. And then uh, Lou's show's tomorrow night. So, you know, and, 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 you know, here's the cool thing about this radio station, WTN. We're like one big happy family. You know, the car guys all kind of hang out. We all kind of know each other, obviously. And then uh, and some of the other shows, and we have a lot of really good shows. You know, it's brokered radio. So, hey, if you guys want to come on do your own show, come on down. See Miss Lola Jean, the broadcast queen. There's a plug for the radio station there. And you want to drive a radio station? <laughs> yes, I do, Lola. I do know how to drive a radio station, and I'm sure she's listening too. At any rate, um, so let's see. So we got the races this weekend. We got the swap meet this weekend. And since I'm a swap meet junkie, I can't help but uh, you know just can't wait to get my little mitts around some of these odd bad parts. I've been kind of screwing around with this. Um, are you guys familiar with the term steampunk? And uh, steampunk is kind of the if you get a chance, Google it. It's just kind of like a, a throwback to turn of the century sci-fi and and uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Fashion and kind of like uh, um, industrial look, you know, with uh, you know a lot of crude machinery and stuff like that. And so that is kind of like what what steampunk is. So basically, people take all kinds of weird little could be car parts, could be Household parts could be mechanical parts, could be whatever, and they kind of create this physical collage of parts. Sometimes they're bolted together, sometimes they're welded together. But I've been kind of goofing around with some of that stuff since I've got a couple tractor trailer loads of parts laying around. What else am I going to do with it? You know, I'm going to try to figure out if I can't sell it, I'm going to make something out of it, goofy, silly, and creative, and then test my own skills as an artiste and uh, see if I can market some of this stuff. But Anywho, I think what we're going to do is we're going to fire up uh, the turntable here, and we're going to get our guests on in a few minutes. So, Vaughn, let's see. What do we got? We got a little Rolling Stones. We're going to Jack Flash. We got to do a little Jumpin' Jack Flash. Hey, you're tuning into Nostalgic Radio Cars. Don't touch that dial. We will be right back, and we will introduce our special guest for the evening. It's all. 
I'll see your bet, and uh, I'll call. I'm running low on chips here. Two paradise of a queen. Oh, lucky thing for me, I had three sixes. Looks like you broke your losing streak. Nice pot. I don't see what's so great about it. Whoa, hey, where's the fire, son? I'm a gambler. You're a gunfighter. The fact of the matter is, if I'd have tried to face you down, I mean, what chance would I have had? Absolute zero. None, whatever. Was that fast? Want to see it again? <laughs> Mel Gibson. Damn thing won't stay in the holster. <laughs> Whoop! Jodie Foster. This silly-looking creature's called Maverick, and, and my name is Annabelle Bransford. I'll be taking the stage. So am I. So am I. James Garner. You can relax and enjoy the journey now. Maverick. Don't worry. Nothing to worry about. I got it all under control. Yeah, well, I remember my first runaway stage. A Richard Donner film. Don't you think you should go out there and help him? Well, I could do that, absolutely, but... You know, after he's worked so hard, he might resent it. With a little luck, Maverick will be here. Dealer's choice? Okay, five cards tied by... No, I think I prefer draw. <laughs> you gotta learn to loosen up, kid. Have some fun. This is poker. Hi, this is Rick Harrison from Stars, and you're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Okay, we're back, and you're tuned into Nostalgic Radio Cars. It's time to introduce our special guests for the evening. I'm delighted to welcome to the show the host of A&E's TV, hit TV show, Storage Wars, Dan Dotson. Dan, how you doing, buddy? You know, I'm just doing fantastic. Thanks, uh, thanks for having me on your show. I'm a fan. Well, I'm glad that you uh, could make it, and it was a pleasure meeting you when we were out there in Palm Springs a couple of weeks ago. That was uh, kind of a neat, uh, neat, neat setting out there, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. That was fantastic. That was the first one, and we, we've got another spring event going there uh, February 7th, 8th, and 9th. Or is it the 8th, 9th, and 10th? I think it is. 8th, 9th, and 10th of February, right back uh, to Indio at the Festival of Cities and uh, the Car Stars and Rock and Roll event. It's going to be great. I now, think they're probably going to have probably 200 muscle cars or classic cars and there'll be food competitions and now you're uh were you were you involved in that auction at all uh we we do the memorabilia auction there'll be a couple of days uh where we'll be selling nostalgic uh, uh signatures from you know carol shelby and different people and rockers and guitars and framed artwork we we do a couple of days of that stuff so we're involved with that we're involved with eg auctions out of canada we we usually go there once a year and, and help them with their event in Red Deer, and uh, we're we're involved in this uh, this deal here in Southern California. We're excited about it. Okay, good. Laura coined the phrase. Yeah. Okay, um, now give us a little background on yourself. Now you actually kind of like grew in the auction environment, so you've kind of been in that the auction world for for a long time. And I think I was reading your bio, and I guess your grandfather, somebody used to uh, was a was a cattle auctioneer. And uh, you, you, kind of, you kind of took an interest in that, and then uh, that kind of, like, set you off, and uh, you've been doing it ever since you were 16, right? Uh, actually, ever since I was uh, 11 years old, 1974. Um, I've been practicing since then, and you're right. My grandfather was an auctioneer. He did cattle, and he did farm auctions, and I used to go there every summer from about 8 years old till about 16. But, um, you know, every summer I would go and help him, uh, you know, buy and sell cattle and watch him do that. and and work uh, the Green Forest Sale Barn. He owned a third of that cattle auction barn, and I would go with him to buy cattle and set up these auctions. And I just, I loved, uh, I loved the way that he did it. And 
and I just always kind of like to be in the center of attention anyway, so it seemed like a natural fit for me. So how long have you been actually doing the auctioneering yourself? When did you first do that? Well, I mean, uh, you know, when I was 16, I used to, uh, I used to like, you know, take off of a school day and maybe I would go down to the Chino auction and sell furniture with the old man. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I've been doing it. I've been doing it since I was 11. You know, I, I did it in school for fundraisers back in Arkansas. And, uh, you know, I think I got my first job here in Southern California, like at 15 or 16. And so, you know, since the mid seventies, I've been doing it for 40, 44 years. Wow. My God. So, God. <laughs> well, we won't talk about age. We're just because age is a state of mind. It means nothing. So basically, you're from Arkansas originally, then? Actually, I was born and raised in Southern California, but oh. my grandfather uh, and all my the rest of my family was from Northwest Arkansas. So we used to go back there and visit all the time, and and I just loved it back there. And so I would uh, I would get out of school in Southern California, and I would go to Arkansas for the summer, and I did that. Uh, I did that till the last couple of years. I did it, and I, I did a couple of half of school years and. In Arkansas, yeah. So when you made a transition from, let's say, cattle, I mean, you kind of went to stuff, you know. And so when when did that transition take place? Well, you know, we just kind of in life do what's available to us. My my grandma come home one day. She she came home and she says, "I think I have a job for you." And I was like fifteen or sixteen, and there was a guy named Warren Solomon. He owned an auction called Solomon's Auction. So I went down there uh, in Pedley, and on the weekends I would sell. I would sell his auction, and he would give me I don't know fifty bucks or sixty bucks, and and he would sell everything from little animals to four by fours and wood and building material and tools and dogs and chickens and every damn thing. Uh, about I don't know ten years ago, a guy shows up at my auction, and he has three kids on him, and he's big as a mountain, and he says. Uh, he goes, he goes, I remember you. I was with my dad at that auction in Pedley, and we were buying four-by-fours, and I was eight years old. And I'm thinking, well, he goes, do you remember that? <laughs> and I'm thinking, no, I don't remember that. And I'm, I'm, I'm not sure I'm glad you do. You know? <laughs> I'm, teasing. I'm, I'm teasing about that. But it, that, was, that was one of my first jobs, you know, for auctioning. And, and then I you... just it really never looked. Never looked back. Okay, and then in, and then in 1983, you kind of officially started an, an auction company yourself, right? We did. Started American Auctioneers. Uh, I uh, and and we started an auction house in in Rubido, California, and we were there for we were there with a construction company for I don't know 15 years, but we had a we had an auction house there for about 10 years, and uh, that kind of helped uh, hone my skills as a you know as a self employed. Uh, business owner, small business owner and entrepreneur. And, and so I've never, I've really never had a job. I mean, like I've really never had a job for anybody else. I, I don't, I don't think I'd even be a very good employee. <laughs> when you uh, got in the auction business. Okay. I mean, wh- what are some of the parameters that, that, that did you, to, when you run your operation, in other words, does it matter what the product is? Do you have to have, is it, do, do you tell the potential, um, customer that, uh, you know, it's, it, when things sell, it's, it sells at fair market or whatever market value is. I mean, so, you know, usually I tell people that I'm selling for that, you know, things can really disappoint them or things can really impress them if they have a, a lot of stuff for sale and, you know, then, 
at the end of the day, they should be happy enough with the average of the way things work and the way things turn out. As far as buyers, I just try to, you know, I just try to tell what I know. If I know something really negative about whatever it is that I'm selling, and I know that will have an adverse um, uh, reaction with whoever buys it, they're not going to, you know, they're not going to realize the money. Then I, I'm, I need to, I need to tell that. I mean, I whatever I know about something, I try to tell it, and um, I try not to keep anything like secret. If something's broken, and I know it's broken, I'll say, "Hey, this is broken," or if something looks a certain way, and I know that as soon as they move it, it's going to just fall over. I'll show them how this is how it's going to fall when you move it. Um, you know, I just don't want. I want everybody to understand when they, you know, when they spend their money at the auction that. You know, it's, it's always a risk, um, but if, I, if I'm as honest as I can be with them, then, you know, then they, then they just need to kind of be happy with the way things turn out and know that they were treated fair, and, you know, it is what it is. What it is. If somebody, you know, drives them up on a bid and they end up paying too much for something, that's not my fault. Um, and in turn, if somebody doesn't quite pay enough for something and, you know, and we have a lot of things to liquidate, then, you know, it's not my fault if, if you know, something doesn't bring, you know, as much money as it should because not everything works out perfectly like you want it to, you know. I was reading on your uh, website there, it says uh, that you guys, you and your lovely wife, Laura, who I met as well, do 3,000 auctions a year? We probably do, but we have help. I mean, okay. We've got we've got about six auctioneers. I've got two main auctioneers. My my senior auctioneers are a fellow named Ron Chinstra and another fellow named Jim Russell, and they do they do the majority of the heavy work as far as the auctions. We just had an auction Saturday in San Francisco, and and they both went up there and handled it. And we have another lady in our office, uh, Teresa. She's my office manager. She does a lot of uh, cashiering. We have a couple other cashiers that we use, um, just depending on on what we have going on and. You know, we've got a little marketing team in there, and then we have a couple other ladies that, you know, answer the phone and work on, you know, auto liens and legal notices and liens for the newspaper for our different type of sales and running ads and helping out with, you know, with all the things that happen. We've got about six or seven phone lines, and, you know, a lot of times three or four of them are busy, so I, it's good, good business, and, you know, I'm real thankful, and and storage wars has been really great for us, you know, because now, you know, when somebody calls me up and they want an auction, it's not like I have to, you know, say, hey, I'm established. I've been over here for, you know, two, three, four decades. And, um, you know, you can call around and I can give you a good reference. I, it's not as difficult like that anymore because people, you know, they, they feel after eight or nine years on TV and 12 seasons that, you know, they know who I am. And, and I, you know, I'm pretty consistent. The, I'm the same guy on TV as I am in real life, and you know it, they they figure that out pretty quick. And so you know it's easy to sell work. We we have 500 cars that we're going to be doing. Uh, I haven't got the signed contract yet, so I'm not going to tell what city it's in. But in Southern California, and they're all 50s, 60s, and 70s cars. They're all projects, uh, but you know there's like 500 of them. So we're going to do those online and live and. Probably we're going to do those the 16th of February is the date that I'd like, or or the 23rd. I think that's the next Saturday in February. But we'll probably have it where these things are um, at a few different locations. So, but they're in the same city. So we'll probably have it where you know people can go and look at everything, and then when it's time to auction it on whatever day we're going to sell it on, 
um, they can either go home in front of their computer and bid on that, or they can come to our venue that we're still trying to determine, you know, where we're going to do it at. But, you know, we might just uh, sit some chairs out and put some sandwiches and coffee out there and uh, and run all these things on huge screens and uh, just do it, you know, do it satellite like that. Well, definitely keep us posted on that. Now, you mentioned Star War, uh, Storage Wars. Tell us a little bit how the Storage Wars uh, TV show came to fruition for you. Okay, that's a, that's a great question. We get a lot of that. I, You know, I, I've been an auctioneer, like we talked about, since 74, and I used to record myself on reel-to-reels and, and cassette tapes and VHS tapes all the way up, and I had a huge trash bag full of the, my recordings from uh, basically my career from being a kid to a man. And, uh, and my first wife, uh, I, we, we got a divorce. She was also an auctioneer. I, uh, I teach all my wives how to be auctioneers, all both of them. <laughs> and, and, you're right. And, and so anyway, she, she, she left me for, for another guy, and she took all my tapes and put them in a bag and put them out by the trash can. And I, I just luckily come by, and I saw them there on, you know, at my ex-house with my ex-wife's junk on the street. And, and I took it, and I, I, I took it to my mom's house, and my mom thought it was trash, but she threw it away into oh. a dumpster, and I'm thinking, damn, all my stuff is gone, and then I thought, you know, with every dumpster, at least in the city, there's the dumpster diver, so the next morning, <laughs> about 4 o'clock in the morning, I got up, I drove I drove across town, I went to where my mom's dumpster was, and uh, uh, actually, I think it belonged to everybody in that area, and there was a bicycle out front, and I asked the guy about my tapes, and he told me who he sold them to, and it was a bookstore in town, and I, I couldn't wait for 10 o'clock or 9 o'clock when they opened, and I called him up, and the guy just sounded sick, and he goes, I, I have erased all those, and I've thrown all those away at the dump yesterday afternoon after I bought them from that guy, and, and there is none of that stuff left that has not been erased. Uh, all the VHS tape stuff had been erased, and uh, anyway, so Laura felt, you know, horrible, you know, when I tell the story, just, you know, I make everybody feel horrible about it. I lost all my crap. <laughs> you know, what, what happens is uh, things motivate you. So, you know, we got a little free chip camera, and Laura started filming us at the auctions, and she would drive a couple 250 miles a day. I would drive 250 miles a day, and every day we would come back with uh, with a list of people that we met that day, and we were telling everybody about a show that we wanted to start, and we didn't know what it was called, but if you want to be on it, you need to you need to let us know. And so we would come back every day, and we would grade people, one, for somebody that wants to be on the show that would be horrible for it, two, somebody that is 10, like, like you know, we would come back with 10 on Daryl and 10 on Dave, and, and we came back with 10 on everybody except for uh, Barry. Barry was the only one we didn't bring to the show, but the rest of them were regular buyers, you know, for our company. And so we just... Uh, <clears throat> We had this uh, this Suge Knight stuff that was going to be selling uh, down in L.A., and it had almost got sold, and, and I had got a hold of ABC and some of the news agencies, and they were all over me, and they wanted to come and film this thing, and I, I told Original Productions, because I just met them, that we were going to be selling that stuff, and we needed to bring a camera, and they said, well, we're just going to bring one camera, we're just going to do a casting call. And I said, you need to bring two cameras, because this is going to be, you know, this is the stuff, man, come on. So... They said, you know, no, we're going to bring one camera. So I brought my own camera guy in, and we shot half of that show. That was the first episode of Storage Wars. So we gave him the tape to use, and they used it. And, and, and Storage Wars started, and, uh, and here we are, you know, 260-something shows later, and it just 
keeps going. We, uh, you know, we, Laura has this dream one day because uh, when, when we, we had ABC and NBC and KCET, all the news agencies pick us up and do a thrift economy story. And they wanted to feature American auctioneers, that's our company, as uh, the auction company. We were the only folks on YouTube, uh, the only auctioneers on YouTube, and I just wanted to show my competitors, hey, look, I'm better than, I'm, I, I wanted to show, you know, future clients that I'm better than my competitors, and, and here I am auctioneering, third-generation auctioneer, watch me roar, and um, we just started putting stuff on, on, on YouTube, and so all three of those news agencies came out within like 30 or 45 days, and after that happened, our life changed. Um, over the next 18 months, we had, uh, uh, we had... 27 different production companies and networks get a hold of us. We had a company called Go Go Lucky. They started and they had a horrible idea of, you know, how they could use us or whatever. And Laura wakes up from a dream one day and we have a couple months left in the six month contract with this Go Go Lucky company. And Laura says, I'm not going to worry about Go Go Lucky. I had a dream last night. She's writing it down in her book. And I said, Well, tell me. Because Laura has these vivid dreams and, you know, a lot of them, they come absolutely true, as crazy as that sounds. So she says, um, she goes, we're going to have a company called A to Z Productions, and they're going to have offices in New York, Miami, Memphis, and L.A. And I just want to make sure we're still on. Okay, I'm on, on my phone. And um, <laughs> You're live. We're still live. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah, I just, you know, sometimes I just talk forever, and there's nobody even listening. So, <laughs> so anyway, uh, she says on, she goes, on September 14th, on September 2nd, we're going to be approached by a company called A to Z Productions. They're going to have an office in New York, Miami, Memphis, and L.A. And then she said on October 14th, they're going to uh, set us up with the uh, network that's going to pick us up. And she underlined it and said, thank you, God. Boom, boom, two underlines. Okay, so I get this email on um, on September 2nd, and it's not from AZ Production. It's a company called North-South Production. And it's weird because they have an office in L.A. They have an office, they have an office in L.A., New York, and uh, uh, the, the, the Florida one, and they don't have one in Memphis, Tennessee. They have one in Knoxville, Tennessee. That's what it was. She got four states right and three cities right, and she got the date right, and it wasn't AZ. It was north-south, and so I told everybody, look, Mama had a dream. We're going to go this way, so we signed a, signed a contract with these people. And then uh, October 13th came along, and they said, uh, they said, we're going, to, uh, we're going to be talking to a history channel tomorrow. And, you know, A&E owns a history channel. And uh, October 14, 2009, Laura has this conversation with this fellow named David McKillop. And he was, uh, he was a, a tie at uh, A&E, like a president or vice president, vice president, I think. And he, um, he and Laura talked while she was at an auction. And we had this fake, uh, we didn't know it was fake at the time, but it was like, a, I don't know, a $100 bill, but it was, like a gold certificate. It was really old money, but it wasn't real. And it was just, it was a fake, but we didn't know it at the time. And we had sent that to, to New York. And anyway, long story short, uh, Laura had, a, had another dream that, uh, this North South production took our tape and they put it in the cabinet and they shut it. And then she asked me when she woke up and told me the dream, she goes, what do you think that means? And I said, I don't know what it means, but you should call them. So she called him. And they missed, I, she said, look, I'm Laura, the auctioneer's wife, wondering how our show's coming along. But I think what they heard was, hey, I'm a different auctioneer's wife, and I'm calling about a different show because they actually had two auction shows that we just found out that they were trying to produce. And Laura just freaks out, and I'm watching her from about eight feet away, and I can't hear what they're saying, but I can hear what she's saying. And, 
And she goes, what do you mean? What do you mean you, you have two shows? And then she's listening. She goes, well, what's the name of the other show? And I guess they're trying to find out how not to tell her anything. And she puts the phone down on her, you know, like next to her body. And she looks at me. She goes, they got two shows. And she's just <laughs> so upset. She's, she's about to cry, right? And then uh, she, she finally just hangs up. And uh, she's just done. And she just sort of prays like out loud. She goes, God, just, just send us a Tom Beers. And I had no idea who the hell Tom Beers even was. I don't know who Tom Pierce is. And I ask her, I say, who's Tom Pierce? And she goes, that's Deadliest Catch, Ice Road Truckers, and Act Men. Those are shows that you watch. And I said, yeah, we need a guy like that, babe. That's what we need. Three weeks later, I'm on fire down in L.A. I guess all the planets are lined up just right because uh, I'm on fire. And a guy comes out of nowhere and he says, uh, he goes, you ever think about doing a reality show? I've already had 15 of these guys lie to me, right? So I look at this guy and I cock my head. I see, yeah, you're number 16, baby. What's your name? <laughs> and he looks at me so funny, hands me a card, and it's Tom Beers. No kidding. And I just, no kidding. So I just start staring, wow. and I cussed, and I said, my, my wife prayed to God you would come here. And I said, you're the effing guru, and you can turn this crap into gold. And, and, and if you're patient, I have 45 days left on this contract. He said, I'm patient. I'll wait. So about seven days for our contract, we have Discovery Channel. Production company call us up, and he says, I'd like to... Uh, I'd like to, I'd like to develop a show around you and your lovely wife in this auction business and this modern day treasure hunt thing you got going on. And and I said, you know, I'm in a I'm in a holding pattern with Tom Beers. Thank you, but no thank you, goodbye. And I hung up. And about three hours later, he calls me back. And he the first time he offered me a pile of money, he he offered me a pile of money if I sign. And I, he goes, I'll still give you this pile of money, and I will give you six pieces of Discovery Channel stationery that will offer you six shows if you give me six months to, to figure it out. And and I said, well, let me think about it. And as soon as I hung up, I sent Tom Beers an email, and I said, hey, these guys say these guys say Discovery Channel six shows this much money, and you say History Channel four shows, what say you? Like, how much? And what are you going to do? And then he talked money. And so anyway, he, he just wrote back, and he goes, we'll match that. And and I instantly went back, you know, saying, well, you know, you have to beat that price by this much. And this is a number that, you know, we were thinking would be good for four shows. And anyway, I didn't hear anything from him. So I asked all my, you know, all my war advisors around me and my wife, but, you know, should I call this guy? And they said, no, he's busy, man. You know, he's too busy. You shouldn't call him. And really in life, I, I just, whatever my gut instinct makes me do, I do it. I don't care what it is. If I, if I'm driving down the freeway and something tells me just get the hell off and get back on i'll just get back off and get back on and i won't even question myself i just do it and so i you know my gut instinct has always been really good with me so i just um so it worked out I don't, yeah i just i just trying to figure out where this is all going but uh, <laughs> it, it all it all kind of it all kind of worked out laura laura had this dream where we were yeah, she had this uh, another dream later on, and, and we were all like on the stage, and there was other auctioneers and other people, and Laura and I were standing there, and we had a light on us, and each one of us, like eight or ten of us, had lights on, uh, like up on a stage, and they were all handing us fishing poles, and before you know it, Laura and I, we have so many damn fishing poles, we can barely touch our fingers together, holding all the poles, <laughs> looking at each other, grinning, and at the end of the dream, it was Tom Beer standing there with his whole, whole army behind him, saying like, welcome to the family, basically, he didn't say that, but it was basically like, yeah, you one and you got all the fishing poles and here we go so you know that's cool it worked out real well for oh, so I, I know what i was going to tell you i i had, i 
So I went ahead and I just called Tom Pierce and I said, this is Dan with American Auctioneers. He goes, hey, hey, how's it going? I said, it's going great. I said, I sent you an email two days ago looking for this much money. And I just started talking, you know, you know, Laura and I, we're equal folks. We work both hard and we share our money. So we need even mounts and this would be the best thing. And he just stopped me. He goes, look, Dan, he goes, I'm in the middle of a screening right now. And yeah, if that's what you want, we'll go, we'll do that. And I just couldn't hang up quick enough because I, you know, we had us a deal and uh, it worked out. Yeah, yeah, I'm talking to you. Uh, how about that? Well, anyway, we got a few minutes left here, so tell us one of the tell us give us a a, a real memorable episode. I mean, a, a good positive one with a really good. And I know I I read up someplace about the one that found the the pirates gold in a in a in a in a case in a trunk. Yeah, was that yeah, for real? That a, yeah, that was for real. That was that was a couple of two three years ago. That was up in uh, San Jose County and. Uh, yeah, there was a man and a woman. They had a couple of units. The uh, the man died, and then the, the the woman died. And there was no family. And uh, we sold two units. One of them was like three or four hundred, and one was like eleven hundred. And it didn't look like much. It just had like it just had like three or four of those blue totes stacked up. But the bottom tote was full of uh, full of uh, pieces of egg and uh, and little bars. And uh, it was like a half a million dollars worth of stuff. And Ellen DeGeneres wanted us to be on the show. I had everybody wanting me to to be, a, you know, to bring this person on the show. And a lot of these folks, they don't want to, they don't want anybody to know who they are. I even had the Treasury Department calling me up trying to figure out who this guy was. And you know, I called him. I said, "You don't don't want to go on no show about this." No, Danny. Nope, I don't. He goes, "What are you talking about?" And I said, "You know what I'm talking about." He goes, "I don't have any idea." He goes, "He goes, you know, it was the second best unit I ever bought in my life." And I said, "What do you mean the second best unit?" You know, now I'm thinking, "What?" You know, this guy's playing funny. And he goes, "He goes, you know, there was like 900 pennies in that." And I said, "I said, I, I heard it took like four guys to put it in the back of your truck. I, I I heard that from the mouth of a guy that watched you guys load it." I said, "So I really don't believe that. I believe." Him. I said, you just don't want me to tell him about who you are, right? And he goes, that's exactly right, Danny. Like, are you stupid? <laughs> so, so not too long ago, this is another story that just happened. This just happened uh, at the Car Stars and Rock and Roll event in Indio. And I'm sitting there at, at a VIP event on Thursday night. And this, I noticed a couple of guys and a lady, they, they keep looking over. And I'm figuring, well, there's probably fans of Storage Wars or whatever. The lady comes over to me and she she says, I want to tell you a story. And she points at her husband. She goes, my husband works for a guy that bought a unit from you for $500. And in that unit, there was a safe. And the first person to come to open the safe didn't open it. But the second person opened it, and there were $7.5 million worth of cash in the unit. And I said, did you say there were $7.5 million in cash? She goes, yes. And what happened after that is an attorney called him and offered him wanted to get the money back for his client and offered him six hundred thousand and then offered him one point two million and my my husband's boss took the one point two million. I said, Do you have pictures of that? And she goes, Yes I do and I said, Would you send them to me? Could I have them? Could I tell the story if I don't tell you who you are where? She goes, Well please don't tell who I am. I said I, I won't but I've got to tell the story. So anyway, there I went again. Dan, your I'll wife. Be telling, you, I'll, I'll, I'll be the, telling that story for twenty years. You'll be. You're gonna pay the lady here in a minute because hey, we got about thirty hard. seconds left. Hi, Laura. Oh, how yeah. you doing? Pay the lady. God bless you guys. I'm so sorry I missed it, but I can feel you in spirit. <laughs> okay. Well, yes, because you're very, very good. Great. Right on. Right on. Oh, I hope you guys had a wonderful show. And and you know what? 
Danny was telling the truth about that. You know, there's treasures out there to be found. You never know. Maybe we're going to find that show car, that incredible car in one of these units someday. You never know. You never know. All right, we got about two seconds left. Why don't you go ahead? You got Your show's coming back on, or it's back on the air now, right? So go ahead and give out a big yeah. shout-out about that right now real quick. Thank you. Storage Wars, Wednesday night, 10 o'clock, 9 o'clock Central on A&E, and we're at AmericanAuctioneers.com and StorageAuctions.net. Catch us on the web at American Auctioneers or Dan and Laura Dawson on Facebook. Thank you. Laura? And don't forget to pay the lady. <laughs> don't forget to pay the lady, yes. All right, well, Laura, thank you for calling. Dan, thank you very much. I definitely want to have you on again. I want to have you on right about the time when you start marketing that uh, 500 car collection, okay? So, uh, yes. you guys. Fantastic. I'll keep you in the loop on that. That'd uh, be great. Okay, well, take care. Hey, I want to thank my special guests, Dan and Laura Dossi from Storage Wars. Hey, in the meantime, everybody, stay safe, drive carefully. Don't forget to check us out every Tuesday night here on the Town Talk Radio Network. And again, stay safe, drive carefully, and love your family. Chased our pleasures here, dug our treasures there. The tail's out of school, but there's a fella in there who'll pay you $10 if you sing into his can. Downtown day. I'm not here to make a record, you dumb cracker. They broadcast me out on the radio.